Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Turn with me over to Mark uh, chapter 1. A few weeks ago, uh, back in January, uh, Pastor and Pastor Andrew were in California, so I started talking about uh, healing, and uh, I just want to pick up here and talk some more about it tonight. A few things I want to get into and um, probably have to take another time, uh, but we'll see where we get tonight. And, uh, you know, recap is always an important thing, but there's some, so oftentimes it's so difficult to, uh, to recap everything. Um, Mark chapter 1 and the 40th verse, we read these scriptures, Mark 1, 40 through 42. It says, Now a leper came to him, speaking of Jesus, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him. And he said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. We started talking about... Uh, the subject of healing, I tell you, it is, I don't know if you realize how uh, privileged you are to know uh, that it's God's will to heal. I don't know if you realize how much of the church world doesn't get this, it, this basic understanding. and fa- It's a foundational truth, really, and it applies to more than just healing. It's really all of the things of God, all the blessings of the Lord, anything that the Lord brings. It's his will. He didn't just provide them and give them access and shed his blood for these things. He actually did it so we would have them, walk in them, enjoy them. He wants us to have all of the things that he's provided. And so much of the church world does not understand this. You know, you can't base your beliefs upon experience. And that's really where a lot of that comes from. comes from people as they, they put more weight on their experiences or someone else's experience more than what the Word of God says. Uh, our experience is always catching up to the Word of God. And our experience level is always growing in these things. But So don't let your experience set the bar. Let God's Word set the bar. Because if you don't, the Word will come down in its effectiveness to meet your level of expectation. But if you'll continue expecting to have what the Word says, no matter what your body says or what pa- the past has said, your body will move up to the Word of God. That's called growth. And um, so much of the church world doesn't understand the subject of healing. They don't get it. Thank God we know the truth. But we need to be reminded of these things and answer every situation, everything. When it comes to the subject of healing, one of the dangers, you can know something to be true. But if you don't apply it in every situation, you can know it's God's will to heal. That's, That's a big step. It's God's will for me to walk in health. It's God's will to always heal me. But when you ignore things and don't deal with things, you are, you are for yourself, settling and setting the standard to be okay with certain things. It's his will that we be healthy, walk in health, right? He said, if you're willing, you can make me cleanse. We all, we all believe God can, right? Most people, if they believe in God, you believe that he can. That's just the nature of God, that he can, right? Uh, so most people don't struggle if they believe in God. They believe that he can. It's the willingness issue. And uh, we need never accept anything other than what Jesus paid for. And we need to always be striving for 100% in these areas. It's God's will in every single area that we walk in health. Amen. And I love this verse in verse 41. Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him, said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. As a side thought, we need to be people of compassion. Amen. You are the Jesus people are going to see. You are the Jesus that people are going to come into contact with. You are the Jesus most people, many people will ever know is the Jesus that you reflect in your everyday life. Don't be moved by schedules. Be moved by compassion. We live in a world that's very, very busy and it's easy to let your day run away from you and always have your antenna up. Lord, is there some area you want me to move? Would you be moved in anything? That's really a good way to ask it. Is there something today that would move you? What moves you? I want it to move me. And God will use you to minister to people and set people free. Amen. So we know it's God's will to heal us in every single situation. It's God's desire that we walk in health, that we live this life that we have here completely free from sickness and disease. Third John, you can turn there. Third John uh, verse 2. Great scripture that, uh, that we, we around here know really well. And uh, we, these are great scriptures to meditate on. 
means I, I described it this way with the youth meditation. It's like getting in a mental uh, uh, circular door. And you go into a door at a hotel and it's a circular door. You can get in that door and just go round and round and round. My kids liked to do that when they were little. They'd get in the door. See how many times they go around. Well, that's what you do mentally when your thoughts, when you're meditating on the Lord, you get on a subject and you go round and round. You're not looking for the exit. You're going round and round and just staying in that point, staying in that, that, that vein of thought, letting that, the word of God minister to you. This is a good scripture to get into that. I don't know what you call a door like that. A revolving door. Get in a revolving door. Whoever thought of that name did a good job. Uh, get in a revolving door where God's word is concerned, right? Here in 3 John, the second verse, it says, Beloved, he's talking to believers. And if you know, he, and we also know that he's not a respecter of person. So this is inspired by the Spirit of God, inspired by the Holy Ghost. He said, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. Woo, all things. All things. Say that with me. I'm prospering in all things. God wants me to prosper in every area. I am prosperous in all things. Hallelujah. He said, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health. He didn't just say be, just have health in an area. He said, but be in health. Be in health just as your soul prospers. I know we've talked to some folks, you know, that word soul. I've always heard that as that's a uh, uh, spirit, the Greek word suke, which is a uh, uh, breath by in, implication spirit, but whether it's soul or spirit, either way, how many of you agree that God wants you to prosper spiritually and in your mind, will, and emotions? He wants you to prosper. He said, if we'll take the engrafted word, if we'll receive it, it'll save our souls, right? If we'll receive the word with meekness, it'll save our souls. It'll change how you feel. Woo, aren't you glad? You don't have to go through life. Just whatever you feel is what rules. No, you can get into the word and with meekness, accept that, right? And you can gain mastery of your feelings. There's a whole lot of psychologists that don't want to hear that, right? <laughs> Thank God for people who can help. But I tell you, the biggest help is right here. This is medicine in every single area of your life. This is help in every single area of your life. Amen. Take God's medicine. Take his word. Take the help. It's right there. Take the help. Mental revolving door on these things. He said, I pray that you would prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. And that word just as is kathos. Even as, according as, or in proportion to. Ooh, the same measure. That's a lot of health. That's a lot of prosperity. If he wants us to, to be prosper, to prosper and to be in health to the same degree or in proportion to that he, the same desire he has for us to grow spiritually and to grow emotionally and to grow in the, in, in a mental area, emotions, that's a lot of growth. That's a lot. That's a lot of progress. He really, 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 God really, really wants us to prosper. He really wants us to be in health. You know, we ought not be ashamed of these things. People like to make fun, you know, uh, you're that, you're that group. You believe that, you know, name it and claim it. You believe it. Yes. Yes. You believe in prosperity. Yes. And it's not just because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to just amass a fortune. I believe in it because God actually believes in it more than me. He's more convinced of its importance than I even understand. He's more convinced of, of the fact that he wants me healthy. Let's not get to heaven and look back and say, man, I put up with that nagging thing for all those years. Oh, I learned to cope with that for all those years. We, coping should not be who we are. We're not copers. We're conquerors. Amen. Hallelujah. Read the scripture or this quote by John G. Lake. Um, I just can't, I can't do a recap without reading the things that John G. Lake said. Uh, he wrote in his book, um, uh, I forget which one it was, but probably his sermons and his life, his ministry. But um, uh, it says, years ago, I found myself like my brother who was worse crippled or worse crippled than me. When my legs drew out of shape and my body became distorted by the common curse of rheumatism, a pastor said, brother, you are glorifying God. 
Oh, Lord, we, 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 can't, we can't let that go, right? My church said, brother, be patient and endure it. Let, endure it. let the sweetness of the Lord uh, possess your soul. He said, I was good enough to believe it for a long time until one day I discovered that it was not the will of God at all, but the will of the dirty, crooked-legged devil that wanted to make me like himself. The saying, misery loves company... You don't get more miserable than the devil who had everything and lost it all. He didn't want us enjoying anything. He said, and then bless God, everything changed. Everything was changed and I laid down everything and went to Chicago to the only place. Aren't you glad there's more than just one place? He said, I went to the only place where I knew, that there, knew then that a man could get healed. I went to John Alexander uh, Dowie's Divine Healing Home at 12th and Michigan Street And an old gray-headed man came and laid his hands on me, and the power of God went through my being and made my legs straight. And I went out and walked on the street like a Christian. We have to change the way we look at things. He said, do you know, he said, when my legs straightened out, it taught me the beginning of one of the deepest lessons that ever came to my life. It taught me that God did not appreciate a man with crooked legs any more than he does with a crooked soul. I saw the abundant power of the gospel of salvation and that it was placed at the disposal of man to remove the unchrist likeness of his life. And if, and if, and if there was unchrist likeness in the body, we could get rid of the curse by coming to God and being made whole. He went on later, said, I want to keep the fact forever clear and the purpose uh, and that the purpose of Christ's redemption is sinlessness, sicklessness, and ultimately deathlessness. It is God's will to heal you. Amen. Hallelujah. We looked at Romans chapter eight. You can go there. Romans eight thirty one. Like I said, these are scriptures we looked at a few weeks back, but they're good to read again. Romans eight, the thirty first verse. Hallelujah. You know, I feel for folks who've not who've not heard this before. For me, it's a little hard sometimes to even understand because I was raised in this, but. A lot of folks that uh, haven't heard this their whole life, they've heard a lot of other things. Have to be careful to make sure that we don't uh, let old stinking thinking rule the day, right? Romans 8, 31, 32 says, What shall we say then if God, uh, is, uh, is, if God is for us, who or what can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all Things. It is God's will that we walk in health, that we walk in complete health at all uh, in every area of our life. So we talked about some of these things and, you know, a belief in any other direction really is, a, is an attack on God's character. It's like saying to a parent that you want your kids to do without, you want your kids to suffer, you're okay with your kids not having enough, you're okay with this happening in your kid's life. As a parent, I wouldn't do that, you wouldn't do that. Well, if we're not like that, you know, you also know God is not like that. He wants us to walk in health. He wants us to walk in divine healing in every single area of life. Hallelujah. Just one last quote from John, from John G. Lake said, The Christ, the Christian, the child of God, the Christ man who has committed his body as well as his soul to God, ought not to be a subject for healing. He should be a subject of continuous abiding health because he or she is filled with the life of God. I'm going to read that again. The Christian, the child of God, the Christ man who has committed his body as well as his soul to God. Notice there, there is, these things are contingent upon our actions. The Christ man who has committed his body as well as his soul to God. You know, whatever area you hold back for yourself, you've got to maintain. He said, the man who's committed his body as well as his soul to God ought not to be a subject for healing. He should be a subject to continued continuous abiding health because he or she is filled with the life of God. So we know these things are true. We know this is what God has for us. We know that he wants us to walk in complete health. Amen. So we want to just move on tonight about something that I believe that'll be a help to us and uh, go over me to uh, Luke chapter 18. And uh, this is something that we need revelation on. This is something that we've, we've, many of us have heard, but we need more than just hearing. We need revelation on these things and understanding. And, um, you know, a spirit of wisdom and revelation in some areas will help us. 
Let's just, let's, just, let's just agree together tonight for revelation. Father, we ask for revelation on the area of health and healing. Father, we submit our minds to you. We submit our opinions to you. And Father, we make the determination, Lord, to seek your will and to understand your word even better than we have in the past. And so, Father, we ask you for revelation tonight. Father, we ask you to open the eyes of our understanding. Hallelujah, Father. We want to comprehend and fully understand what is our inheritance in Christ and the power that's toward us. And so, Father, we thank you for it tonight. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Hallelujah. Here in uh, Luke chapter 18, uh, you know, we've already established that it's the will of God to heal. And there's, we, could, we could just go through the Bible and look at all kinds of stuff and all kinds of scriptures that prove this out. Aren't you glad to know that there wasn't one single time God or the Lord Jesus told somebody, no, nah, it's not my will for you, you old dirty rascal. You know, I like you this way. I'll come back next. He, all, he healed them all if they let him. Only time he wasn't able to do it was when they weren't receptive. He went to his own people and he said he could do, could there, there do no, nothing other than heal just a few sickly people. Why? Because of their unbelief. It wasn't because of his lack of will, it was their unbelief. So it's, it's always God's will to heal. But you know, we're not waiting on the Lord, he's waiting on us. Amen. God is waiting on us to step into and to receive, to walk in, right, everything that he has for us. He's waiting on us to do it. It's got to be received. You're there in, uh, in uh, Luke. Turn over to uh, 2 Peter. Hold your place in, in Luke. Go to 2 Peter. says in the ninth verse, Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it says, uh, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all, but, but that all should come to repentance. How many believe that the Lord wants everybody to be, to, be, to, be, to be born again, wants everybody to be saved? We have his word on it, but just if you know God for yourself, you know his heart, he wants this. Well, just because he wants it doesn't mean it's just going to happen. People have got to get involved in this. And, uh, you know, we're not waiting on God to get born again. We're not people. He's not. He's, we're, no one is waiting on Jesus to save them. The only, the only waiting happened is for them to come to a place where they actually want this, right? And they turn their back on the old life and, and embrace what Christ has done for them. It's not on God's end. It's on our end. When it comes to health and healing, it's the same thing as well. We're not waiting on him, right? He's not, he's not waiting to do anything, but we have our job to do, amen? Here in Luke chapter 18, I want to read this account of uh, 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 a blind man who receives his sight. I know his name is Bartimaeus, but uh, in this account, I believe it's in uh, Matthew 11, Mark 10, uh, but it's also here in, in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 18. I want to read these scriptures, and we'll start in the 30, 35th verse. It says, now it happened as he was coming near Jericho that a certain man sat down by the road begging. And hearing a multitude passing by, he asked what it meant. You know, when I read this, this, this always kind of stretches me or, or just kind of gets my attention. He was hearing a multitude passing by. He asked what it meant. We, gotta, we have to maintain our curiosity and maintain our, our wanting to know, wanting to learn. So many people, especially in our circles, even have, we, we understand some things, we get satisfied with what we know. We, we need to always be looking for more light, more revelation. Be, it's okay to ask God questions. When's the last time you asked the Lord a question about something you were reading or something you were studying? If it's been a while, it might be a good answer why you've not learned, you're not learning more than you are. But he heard a multitude passing by, he asked what it meant. So they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. What good news for him. Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. And he cried out saying, Jesus, son of God, have mercy on me. He cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. A lot of people will hear that and they'll criticize him for asking for mercy. You know, healing is mercy. You know, when, when you're dealing with people, you know, it's a good thing too, you know, to let's not always get hung up on terminology sometimes. You know, sometimes it, the, 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 the importance are in the details, 
But other times, you know, we, we just pick on, so we have certain light ways we like things being said, you know, th- certain ways we like it to be, be put out there. He said, he said, Jesus of Nazareth, son of David, have mercy on me. Healing is the mercy of God. It's one of the, one of the many mercies of the Lord. And so he cried out for him. And of course, you know, healing is for everyone and mercy is for everyone. But he cried out, says, you know, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. It goes on to say then uh, in, the, in, the, in there, it said, then those who uh, went before warned him that he should be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. I like uh, in Mark chapter 10, I believe it is, when it talks about this account, when he's, when they're given, when he's given his, his view of what happened, uh, they all told him to be quiet. And he cried out all the more, and Jesus said, hey, come, you know, come here. And they all said, hey, be of good cheer. He's calling you. Aren't people funny? You know, one minute it's saying to be quiet, the next, oh, yeah, go for it. Uh, that really goes along with, you know, a pastor last week was talking about not quitting, not giving up. Other people will tell you to be quiet, sit down, shut up, sit down, wait your turn. You know, when it comes to the promises of God, you don't have to wait your turn. When it comes to what Jesus has already paid for, you don't have to wait your turn. Amen. They told him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. You know, it doesn't do any good to, to cry out for mercy. Just alone, you've got to do it in faith. And uh, we'll look at Mark chapter 10 maybe another time, maybe next time. But Mark chapter 10 throws out some different details here. But this man, he, he, was, he was responding in faith. He was reacting to the, to the master in faith. And, uh, you know, he didn't just throw this out there as just a simple plea for mercy, but he actually had, he had faith behind it. You got to know God's character. You got to do it in faith. You know, recently I was, um, uh, just as I was just thinking about this, uh, you know, wanting mercy is such a good motivator for yourself, for other people. Just desiring mercy is so important. Had a, a friend of mine that, um, I grew up with that, uh, uh, over the last several months, I don't know exactly remember when it was, but it wasn't that long ago. He and his, he had COVID had gone through their family. And, um, uh, you know, like m- many people have done, you know, they, they, uh, weren't paying attention to, to, to their bodies. You know, I had another friend that, uh, saw, I think me and Steve and Eric and maybe Jordan were at, uh, in Moe's one day. And, uh, he came up and said, have you heard about so-and-so? I said, yeah, I heard about him. And he said, he's so scary. And he said, oh, I'm terrified of this, of COVID. I'm so terrified of He's, you know, my age, grew up together. He said, I'm just terrified. And he said, have you heard about so-and-so? Yeah, you know, he and his wife, they're, they're both in the hospital, both in the, in the ER. And she's on a ventilator and, and haven't seen each other in weeks. She's been on a ventilator for weeks, you know. And I had just heard what was going on. I don't really get on Facebook too often, but I just heard what was happening. And, and um, so I left and, and, you know, I talked to him about some things. Anyway, when we left... Uh, Later in that day, you know, the Lord just dealt with me about crying out for mercy for this, this, these two, this husband and wife. That's part of what I'm talking about, being moved with compassion. You can hear things and be like, oh, okay, that's really sad, or that's a, that's a terrible thing to hear, or to, to know what's going on. But take a minute, step back. Is there something I can do for them? You know, I know this particular couple, and I don't, I don't know the wife real well, but I grew up with the, the husband, with the guy. And, you know, he, he was raised in a Pentecostal church, you know, and, and, uh, uh, I don't know the extent of what he knew, but it, he knew some things. And, and you know, haven't exactly been living it the last several years that I know of. Maybe things have changed. But, uh, you know, I knew there was some knowledge back there going on, but maybe also some compromise was happening. And so I just, I just felt impressed that the Lord directed me to ask for mercy for them. Just pray for mercy for them. Your friends, your, you know them. And I reached out to him on Facebook and I told him, hey, you know, he was, he was actually still in the ER himself, but he had his phone and, and uh, he was still, he was in some kind of whatever. He'd been there for quite a while himself in, in you know, intensive care or whatever at the hospital. And uh, sent him praying for him. He said, thank you. And so, you know, he was, he was wanting me to pray for him. And so the Lord directed me to pray for mercy for them. And I did. You know, God will hear your prayers. But somebody's got to be willing to do it. Take time. I'm not saying I'll look at Pastor Greg. This is something we can all do, right? I want people to do this for me, right? I, when we, I went to uh, we, our vacation two summers ago. Was it two summers ago that it hit my head? Yeah, not this, some, the summer before. But uh, the summer before, uh, if y'all didn't, none of you, any of you know about this, I had a little run-in with a tree uh, in, uh, 
in the uh, Smoky Mountains, you know, going up uh, chimney tops, and I won't put the picture up or anything. And I don't want people to run out. But anyway, I uh, hit my head on a tree, and, and it was just some random deal. And, and um, before I went on this trip, you know, the Lord actually had dealt with my dad to pray for Greg. Takes, to, you need to pray for him. And so the, the, my dad actually went to the Lord on my behalf for me. And uh, uh, I'm thankful Nate didn't go first under that tree. I went first. But, but he actually, you know, prayed for me. You know, we can do that for people. And uh, I should have known better. Well, I say that, you know, it's what Andersons do. There was a, <laughs> there, there was a sign that said trail closed. We're going to go around the trail, you know. I mean, not with your kids, but with my kids. We're going around that sign. But anyway, so we went around the sign. The guy in that picture earlier. Yeah, that's what we do. But anyway, uh, I went around the sign and, and we kept on climbing, you know, and hit my head. But, you know, I'm so thankful somebody was praying for me. But uh, the Lord had impressed me, you know, just, just simply for, for this man and his, his wife, just, just plead mercy, ask me for mercy. And so I asked for mercy and, you know, so Lord, you know, I know, you know where they're at, you know, what's going on, you know, you know, their story from beginning to end, you know, more than I know, Lord, I just asked you to have mercy on them. He's asked me to pray. I said, I was praying. He said, thank you. He wants me to pray for him. So Lord, I asked for mercy. I asked for you to heal him and his wife. You know, it wasn't just two days, two or three days. They were both out of the hospital. Off, She was off the ventilator. He was home. They were home. Now, I can't say what they're doing since. I don't I have no idea. But, you know, the mercy of God is still good. We need to be willing to, to go to bat for people, right? And to be used by God and, and to allow him to use us. But, but uh, he said, he said uh, they told him to be quiet. He cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And then the 40th verse, so Jesus stood still, commanded him to be brought to him. And when he had come near, he asked him, saying, What do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. Have you ever asked, wonder why did Jesus ask him, uh, What do you want me to do for you? It was obvious he was blind. So this is not all up to God. This is not all up to him, him and his will and how he sees things. He's aware of everything. Jesus knew this man's condition, but he still asked him, what do you want me to do? We have a part to play in this. Whatever you're satisfied with, John G. Lake wasn't satisfied with, with being crippled because of rheumatism. He wasn't satisfied. If you read his story, he had battled stuff when he was very young, had battled issue after issue. His family had suffered all sorts of things. I think by the time he was 16, he had buried multiple members, multiple members of his family had died. They had a bunch of kids in their family and a bunch of them had already passed away. And his family had just suffered and suffered and suffered. Well, he got a hold of this, the fact that God wants me healthy, that, that this is not from God. He wanted better than this. And then the, the enemy attacked him with rheumatism and crippledness got on him. And he was, he didn't fully understand everything, right? And he was tempted to go along with it. He was tempted to just let it go. He was tempted to just fall in line, just accept it. People were telling him just, just, you know, just, just endure it till the end, you know, just embrace it, bring glory to God. No, we have to, we have, we have, our will is important in this. It's not just up to him, it's up to us. We've got to be specific about what we're looking for. So how did Jesus respond to me? He didn't say, well, if, you know, if it's God's will, then be healed or be patient and endure it. He just answered with a simple, just believe. His answer was faith. The thing that we've been discussing as a church for all of these years, one of the things, our main things have been the issue of faith. His answer is faith. Your answer is faith. We need to understand this is easy for us. Let's not overcomplicate it. And it goes back to letting past experience rule the day. Our past experience doesn't override the fact that this is easy. It's just believing. That's why we need revelation on these things to see areas where we're missing it, areas where we've not made the connection. Let's keep moving forward, right? In the 42nd verse, Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. Receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. So we'll, we'll look later at Mark chapter 10, how he did this. But this man was obviously responding in faith. And Jesus said to him, your faith has made you well. Has made is when? When is has made? That's past tense. He said, your faith has already made you well. Right? So if Jesus told the man his faith had already accomplished something, how many believe his faith had already accomplished something? 
he was well. As far as the eyes of God, because Jesus, the way he saw it was the way the father saw it, right? And he couldn't just make up stuff. He said, I only say what the father says, right? He said, your faith has made you well. Well, there was still something he had to do. The reality was he had his answer. He said, what? He said, you have to receive it. He said, receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. That word receive means to take, to get hold of, or to lay hold of. Receive, take your sight, lay hold of your sight. Your faith has made you well. You have to get to the place where you know that your faith works for you. That is a very big deal. If faith of a mustard seed can do so much, your faith will work for you. When Jesus talked about the faith of a mustard seed, it was the smallest thing to measure something by that he could come up with. They didn't know about, they, they, they didn't have science of atoms and electrons and neutrons. He said the faith of a mustard seed. He was saying this, something this small can do such great things. Your faith will work for you. Don't let the enemy get you into this, this thing is, I don't know if my faith is up to par. I don't know if my faith is strong enough. Now there's some things to do in these areas, some things to, to, on your end, right? To build your faith. Faith comes by the word, right? Hearing the word, but your faith will work for you and his faith works for him. He said, your faith has made you well. Verse 43. And immediately what he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God and all the people when they saw it, gave praise to God. Notice sickness didn't glorify God. The healing did, but he said he received his sight. He'd already, his faith has already made him well. Jesus told him, your faith has made you well, receive your sight. So the man did what? He received his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And the people knew it and and all the people when they saw it and gave praise to God. You know, you're the, the key to many of these things is you receiving. We've got to learn how to receive things from the Lord. Oftentimes your faith in making things happen is working, but you've got to have, you've got to learn how to receive some things. He said, receive your sight. And so the man did. Um, verse 41 and 42, he said, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, that I may receive your sight. Verse 42, receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. Like I said before, just because it's the will of God doesn't mean it's just something's going to happen. You've got to do something with it. And, and receiving it is, is vital. It's important. You know, I was reading uh, uh, on uh, uh, every day. I've got the faith food on, and heal, health food that Raymond puts out every day. And I read that every day, you know, the, the daily devotional. Get it on your phone. It's, it's quite, quite easy to do. And on the, uh, the 14th of January, on the faith food, it's, he was writing. He, uh, he said, um, said, well, someone said, well, we'll all, he said, we'll all be saved then, won't we? He said, no, people must accept the reconciliation God offers. We are, by nature, children of the devil. Therefore, we must be born again. He said, people must accept the reconciliation that God offers. Our receiving from God is accepting. Part of that is accepting what he has done. Like I said, we need revelation of these things. We've heard these things over and over and over. We've got to get the understanding on the inside. More than just head knowledge, we've got to get it. We've got to lay hold of this and get revelation of what God's talking about. It's something that must be received, and we do it by faith. Your faith made you holy. He told the man, your faith has made you well, but you also, so your faith accomplished it, but you've also got to receive it by faith. Just because uh, someone uh, uh, doesn't believe, well, just because someone doesn't believe it doesn't mean it isn't a reality. Healing has been paid for. Even if someone doesn't believe it doesn't mean it changes anything. Jesus has paid the price for all sickness and disease. There's not a single sickness or ailment that has not already been taken care of. Right? And just because somebody doesn't receive it doesn't mean it's not a reality. You can believe it and yet not receive it. Right? So just because somebody doesn't believe it doesn't mean it's not real. And just because someone doesn't receive it doesn't mean it's not real. It is an undisputable fact. It's indisputable. And it's something that we've got to receive. We have to know how to receive. And the good news is you know how to do this. You know how to receive. One of the biggest things I think that trips people up and has tripped me up is this idea that I'm not good at receiving. What is that? That is unbelief. 
These are not things that are difficult. The, the Bible is so simple. The word of God is so simple. It's, so, it's such an easy thing. It's basic, basic stuff. You know how to receive. All of you are expert receivers. You are expert receivers. Really, that ought to be a confession you start making in your life. I'm an expert receiver. I'm a great receiver. Well, Pastor Greg, I'm not so good in this area. I don't care what your past says. I'm a good receiver. We need revelation on these things, right? We need to speak the word over ourselves. I'm a good receiver. I receive all things easily and quickly. You know how to receive. I was reading the book. uh, uh, um, uh, Randy Greer at his meeting was talking about... um, uh, Brother Hagin's book on how, how God taught me about prosperity. And Brother Hagin was telling the story in there. He was encouraging all of us to read it. So I've been, been reading it over and over. And, uh, and uh, Brother Hagin was talking about the fact that how he had learned, you know, God had, had brought him in the revelation of healing. And, and uh, he was growing in different areas. Well, he was, God was teaching about prosperity. And uh, he said, you know, in the, in, the, in the Baptist church, he said, you know, we had this idea that God wants, you know, wants to be humble is to be broke, you know. And so the Baptist church was going to keep their preachers extra humble, so, you know, they were extra broke. And then he, then he moved over into the Pentecostal world, and they were even better at keeping the preacher poor, you know, and broke. And so, uh, you know, he, he, he left his pastorate. He had this church where they provided a parsonage and a good salary, and people would come by and bring him food and clothes for the kids and all these different things. So the Lord told him to go in the traveling ministry, so he did. And he went out on the road, you know, he started driving and going to all these places, having to pay. He was, I think, getting $1,200 a month less than what he was getting before. And, and uh, nobody was providing a parsonage. No one was paying the electric, the, the water, the lights, those kind of things. And people weren't coming by and blessing him with food. He's having to do everything himself with less money. And he said his clothes were worn out. He's driving around. Pastor was talking about the other day, you know, the tires were, were bald tires, you know. And as he's driving down the road, his tires would talk to him. You know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And, uh, and he was starting to see some things in this area of prosperity. He, he went to the Lord. He was frustrated. He said, Lord, you told me to do this. He said, but my kids aren't fed. My car's falling apart. My, my, my clothes have holes in them. My pants have holes in them. He said, he said, I can't live like this. This is what the Lord told him. He said, your trouble is you preach faith, but you don't practice faith. He said, I came to my defense. I said, why, Lord, you know, I do. In all the years since I got my healing, I never, I've never really been sick. I've always received my healing and my children always received healing. He said, yes, you practice faith when it comes to healing and that's commendable, but you use your faith only for healing, salvation and the baptism of, in the Holy Spirit. That's as far as, as you ever go with your faith. But faith is the very same in every realm and every sphere. Faith works identically in, the, in, in every realm and in every sphere. Faith for finances works just like for faith for healing, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, or salvation. Faith is the same in the financial realm as it is in any other realm. The reality is faith is the same in every single area of life. He was struggling where finances were concerned. He had mastered faith for healing, but he was struggling in the area of finances. And the Lord said, listen, it's the same in every area. It's the same as healing as it is in salvation and the baptism. Well, if you're struggling in the area of receiving healing in your body, it's the same as finances. And it's the same as receiving in the area of salvation and in the area of the Holy Spirit. Has anybody here doubted the fact that they have received salvation from the Lord? Do, do you, do you struggle with that? That I, I called, the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord, thou, they shall be saved. Yeah, but he didn't hear my call. That's almost, that's laughable, isn't it? When you hear something like that, you laugh and you think well, that's not even possible. He hears me, right? How many know that receiving uh, uh, salvation is no different than receiving healing? It's the exact same thing. Go to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew the ninth chapter. I'm a good receiver. In every area, I'm a good receiver. Woo, praise God. In the area of finances, I'm a good receiver. In health, I'm a good receiver. Matthew chapter 9, we'll look here in the first verse. So he, Jesus, got into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own city. 
Then behold, they brought to him a paralytic lying, a paralytic lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. And at once some of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemes. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think this evil or think evil in your hearts? Notice, for which is easier to say your sins are forgiven you or to say arise and walk? Which is easier, your sins are forgiving you or arise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has the power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, arise, take your bed and go to your home. And he arose and departed to his house. The point is, there's no difference in any of these things. Like I said, we need revelation on this. These are things we've heard. These are things we know, right? We know But whatever is going on in your body, your ability to receive that is just as easy as it is receiving salvation or forgiveness. It's the same. I said it's the same. These are things to meditate on. These are things to retrain how we look at it, right? Because when it comes to asking for, for, for our sins to be forgiven, we just believe God. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, right? We believe that he said this. He said this to us. We, most of us don't struggle with, did God forgive me? We don't struggle with that. If you know what his word says, then you don't struggle. You, well, it's answered, right? He said, forgive me. Pastor said this morning to somebody, he said, don't bring it up again. It's not, it's not, it's not good manners. You know why? Because he forgets these things. We believe his word. It is exactly the same in receiving your healing. Do you have proof that he's forgiven you? But when you pray, do you have proof in the natural? Do you have proof? When you ask the Lord to forgive you of something, do you get a letter shows up? Right? Do you get a heaven gram? Right? Do you get an email or a text message? Maybe the Lord went digital. You know, do you get a text message from the Lord? This is confirmation of your forgiveness. Do you get that? We laugh. It's silly. Of course not. Well, then what, how do you know? How do you know that he's forgiven you? You have no external information. How do you know? You just have his word on it. That is faith. You believe something. We know how to do this. There's this thing called Amazon. You live by faith every day of your life when you order. We laugh, but it's the same thing. You have no proof who this person is on the other end of Amazon you bought something from. You have no proof Jeff Bezos is going to do anything for you. Right? But you believe something to be true. You have a receipt. Does that receipt mean anything? I can send you an email. Right? You believe something, you know how Amazon works, you know their policies, you paid for it. And so then what? It's now you call it yours. I bought something. I have something and it's on its way to me. You may not have it in your hands yet, but you've already received it. You've already taken ownership of it. Receiving it is taking ownership of it before you take possession of it. Right? Receiving something by faith. You know how to do this. You're a good receiver. Just like when it comes to forgiveness, you take possession of it. You take ownership of it before you get possession of it naturally. The reality is none of us, none of us will have a concrete, visible forgiveness of our sins until this life is over. And we stand before the Lord. Let's be, let's be honest. None of us have proof. Well, the world would say proof, right? When you get, when a person gets born again, when they accept Christ, do they look any different? We've had people, some of you are like, I don't know. Do they? You don't look any different. If you walk up with wrinkles, you're leaving with wrinkles, right? You get saved. You don't get Botox, right? You get born again, you know? But nothing changes, right? 
some, it's great. People who get, who get filled with the Holy Spirit, they get goosebumps. Some people don't, you know, I mean, but you know, but when you get born again, when you receive even, uh, uh the baptism of the Spirit, does, do you have any proof that anything necessarily happens? No, you just believe you take ownership of it, right? We don't have any proof that we're, that we're, that heaven is our home. None of us have been there. I've not seen my mansion. Have you? It's there, right? I've taken possession of it. I talk about it like it's mine. I'm excited about it. What, what is that? Those are all aspects of living by faith and receiving what belongs to you. You're, you I, when I buy something on Amazon, I start making plans with what I'm going to do when it gets here. I tell people I needed this and I bought it and it's mine. It's not here. It'll be here next Tuesday, but it's mine. I quit looking for it. I don't keep shopping for it. I've already received it. You know how to do this. You, you've got to get over this thing. I, healing is tough for me. I, I can believe God for forgiveness, but receiving healing is tough. Yes, when your body's talking to you, it's something we've got to, we've got to deal with. But it's like anything else, we have to drown it out. When you buy something from Amazon, whatever reason that made you buy it is still there. But you still take in possession. You still take an ownership of it, right? You still have received it, but the need that caused you to buy it still exists. Why? Because it hasn't shown up at your house yet. But you still view it as you have it, right? We ought to have more faith in God than we do in Jeff Bezos. God loves us a whole lot more than Jeff Bezos does, right? You're a good, you are a good receiver. You're a good receiver. Amen. Go over to uh, Acts chapter 8. Acts 8 chapter. We'll stop here in just a second. Like I said, these are things we know, but we need revelation on this. And my words aren't enough for you. You, you, need, you need to go and spend some time meditating on this. Yeah, but I still got this thing that's going on. No. The word says, right, that it's mine. I'm going to take, take him at his word. I choose to receive it. If you believe the word of God, your faith has already made you well. So then let your faith do the next step and just receive it. Take ownership of it. We'll talk the next time we'll get into some things, steps to receiving or things to do. I think there'll be some good things that'll be helpful to us. But we need to get over this issue that I don't know how to receive. Or receiving for this or that is difficult. Brother Agnes said his healing was easy for him, but he was struggling with finances. Of course, the Lord told him, you know, you know got to be willing and obedient. And, and he got himself straight and, and God came through. But here in Acts chapter 8, in the 14th verse, it says, Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them, then they may what? Receive the Holy Spirit. He, didn't, he wasn't saying that God pray that, that God would give them the Holy Spirit. He said that they would receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had, not fall, he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they laid hands on them, and they received or took the Holy Spirit. You know, that's when one of the struggles I know, you know, my parents talk about, you know, people in, in the, in the uh, uh, denomination they grew up in that would tarry for the Holy Spirit. They believed in it, but they were what? They were, they were slow to take possession of it. They were slow to take possession. There are some things we can do that helps us in these areas. There's some keys to receiving, right? But you got to know, you got to do something to take, to get it. You have to lay hold of it, Right. But he said they laid hands on them and they received, they took the Holy Spirit. Well, how did they do it? Well, they did it by faith. They took it. They received it. We need, to, we need to make sure that our praying is right. We need to make sure that our asking is right. We need to make sure our approach is right. We must approach the Lord with confidence. Confidence of what belongs to us and our ability to take possession of it. I'm going to stop because uh, I don't want to get into the next, the next thing. Everybody stand up. I don't know if that helps you or not. Real basic, real simple. But, but you know how to receive. You know, you can receive something right now. You, it's not dependent upon somebody to pray for you. You can receive your healing at any point you choose to take ownership of it. No matter, matter what it looks like, doesn't matter what's going on, right? Doesn't matter how it appears or what it feels like. You at any point can make a decision to take ownership of whatever God has already provided. 
healing has been accomplished. Healing has been done for each and every last one of us in every single area. The idea as you get older, you have to put up with more stuff. That is not true. It's not true, right? Moses lived a long time. His eye was not dim. He was not weak. His eye was, I forget how the scripture says it, but he, he, he was full of strength. His eyes were strong at 120 years old. He was, he was full of vigor, right? This, all these things that, that we accept to be just the way it is. Now, the reality is that if Jesus tarries, we're all going to die because there's not a promise in God's word that we'll live forever. Naturally speaking outside of, uh, during this time, death comes to all of us. Right? Not coming today, but it comes to all of us eventually, you know. One day death will be dealt with. And it won't be an issue any longer either. But we can live out our days completely healthy, completely free from every sickness and every disease. And when the time comes, we're ready to go, we lay our head down and we just go. But we can live in victory every step along the way, live in health every single step of the way. It's God's will, but we've got to do something. We can't just believe it's possible. We have to lay hold of it. We have to accept it. We've got to click the purchase, the purchase button, right? And take it as our own. You can do this. I challenge you, do some meditating on these scriptures of receiving what he said in Luke chapter 18, receive your, your, your faith has made you well, receive your sight. Your faith has made you well, receive your sight. Ask the Lord to show you adjustments that you need to make or give you further understanding of how this applies to your situation. It's the same. If you can be born again, which you have been, if you know Jesus, you receive salvation. If you've ever missed it and asked the Lord to forgive you, you have to receive forgiveness. It's possible to ask the Lord to forgive you and you not receive it. Anything that, 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 that you ask for, you can, can be denied, right? You have to choose to believe that you've been forgiven. If you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if you've been baptized, you've received it. It wasn't up to God. It was up to your willingness to receive your faith in action. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for the truth of your word. Father, I'm grateful that you have made this easy. Lord, we make the, 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 the determination to not overthink this or to overcomplicate this, but to approach you with childlike faith, childlike trust, and just simply take you at your word. Yes, there are voices, there are things that would compete with what your word says, but Father, we know that your word ultimately is true. So we make a decision to trust you. We make a decision to take you at your word. And Father, we just believe of ourselves. We are good receivers in the name of Jesus. We receive well. We receive quickly. We receive easily from you in every area of our life. It's easy to receive all that you've provided for me. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for it. Lord, we continue to ask you for revelation. Lord, continue to direct us, guide us along these things. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, Father, what the Spirit of God is saying to us. Father, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.